0: Hello and welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. We're so excited you decided to join us today. All right, now let's check out a recap of this past Sunday's experience. We hope you are blessed. Thanksgiving week, yeah, all right. So get that turkey in my belly, it's time. It is to have this moment with your families. It's the blessed time, it's the best time where you get to be present in each other's lives. Some of you looked at me like, blessed, right? Like, pastor, you do not know my family. Well, listen, whether you want them here or not, they're coming and they're gonna show up on your doorstep. So you might as well prepare yourself. Now, I pick friends like as this underlining kind of let's play off this series thing because I love this show, right? I love the Thanksgiving episodes are always my favorite and I love friends because I relate to them. I am them. Like, literally, if you could write my life as a sitcom, this be it. All right. Like, if you could blend up my personality, like, in a blender as a nice, lovely Thanksgiving treat, right, I'm sure I'd be like one jumbo scoop of Ross, right, with a hint of Chandler because I'm a smart Alec, um, and then a big half cup of Joey because I'm stupid and I'm a klutz. All right. So that's me, right? So this show, Friends, it reminds us that our families, that sometimes it can feel like a sitcom, right? And all of us have that Monica in our family who's a little OCD that drives all of us crazy. She irritates us, but yeah, we love them, right? And sometimes they're even surprising enough to put a turkey on their head and do it. Wait a minute, that's not Monica. Just saying. And I guarantee, like in your friends group, your family group, your home, your your group home, like siblings, whoever you have around you that is family, you got some people that fight like Ross and Monica. Woo, right? And who do crazy things like putting on them Thanksgiving pants, right? You got a Joey. But whatever you're all gonna be facing this week, just know whoever comes to the table you can't throw gas on a fire, right? We've been talking in this series about being a peacemaker. So even if you feel like you're stuck in some weird kind of plot that you didn't write with some weird people, right? And, and, and it all resembles an episode of Friends that, I was, that, that went really, really wrong, right? And it does not feel so friendly. Listen, do not stress. Just hold on, you'll make it through this. If you and I will strive for peace. Everybody say peace. And just perhaps maybe like a little comic relief will show up in the middle of some strife and the holiday armadillo will make an appearance, right? Now, yeah, that's right, armadillo. Adillo. All right, the Apostle Paul says this, that you and I are called to a ministry of fixing it. Everybody say, fix it. Fix it. All right, good. Yeah, you're awake. The coffee works. Yeah, good job, all the team. All right, listen, here's what it says. Second Corinthians five eighteen, And this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? Truce in the group home, right? So that you don't drive your poor house parents to sneak right? We're called to do it. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you're called to be the ones who speak peace. And so once you've kind of asked, We hit hard on that last week. If you have an issue with unforgiveness in your heart, I I challenge you, go back, listen to the podcast, or go on our website and watch the message archive, and you can see me dancing with the turkey on my head. But more importantly, you will find practical steps on how to get to a place of forgiveness, and what forgiveness is, and what forgiveness is not, biblically. So this week, I'm gonna give you this last piece of the puzzle, okay? And it's this. When is it okay to fight? When is it okay to fight? Because I'm going to flip the script on fighting today. I'm going to teach you to fight for what matters. I don't want to talk about fighting with your family this week. I'm to talk about fighting for your family this week. Like you have a very valuable treasure to protect. Like your marriage, your kids, right? your loved ones, your friends, your precious kids, and your foster homeless. And God has tasked you has given you these people to fight for. You are to fight for them. The onslaught of hell is coming after them and you can either let the enemy wreak havoc on them or you can stand in front of your family and swing the sword of truth, which is the word of God, and declare in Jesus' name that you are going to fight for your family. Don't let hell take your treasures. Now your family might be a kind of a hot mess sitcom right now, okay? But let me tell you something. God can rebuild anything that is broken or destroyed. We sing it today over and over and over today. Like I don't like Stephanie like Holy Spirit read the two of us together this week. Like everything that she sang on and led up to this is every single thing in my message. God can rebuild anything. He is more than able. See God is in the business of rewriting plot lines, okay? He rewrote mine. Did he rewrite any of yours? Like I was going down a path and God was like, whoop. No, this is the way, this is the way that you need to go, right? And if you want that same thing for your families, then we have a job to do. You and I are going to have to fight for them. So when God shows up in Nehemiah's life, now Nehemiah, he's a high-ranking official. He's a cupbearer to the king, but he's a foreigner in a foreign land. He doesn't have rights. And God says to him, go and return to your Jewish homeland and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That city was a mess. And honestly, it had been like beaten and battered from countless battles set out to destroy her. But God broke Nehemiah's heart. And then he said to Nehemiah, go. And so Nehemiah went and he gathered a bunch of his homeboys, leaders, some people, and he got permission from the king. The king literally gave him all the supplies he would ever need and protection to walk back thousands of miles away to go to Israel, to his home, and fix it. Everybody say fix it. Nehemiah 4, 13 through 14. There I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places. So all the places that are broken down, people keep like pushing into the city. Posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the enemies that are trying to break in. Don't be trying to to let fear overwhelm you, overtake you and take you down. Fear can go to hell. Listen, remember the Lord who is great and who is awesome and he will fight for your families. He said, you fight for your families. You fight for your sons. You fight for your daughters. You fight for your wives. You fight for your homes. (laughs) Enemies heard about what was happening in Jerusalem and so those enemies set out to torture them They were coming to destroy what was left of the city walls and what was left of the Israelites' homes to tear apart the Jews' families while they were trying to build. But Nehemiah said to the people, Don't fear. The enemy's coming at us, but you better remember that the Lord is great. And the Lord is awesome. He said, But you got to fight. You gotta fight for your families. You gotta fight for your sons. You gotta fight for your daughters. You gotta fight for your wives, whoever is in your home. That is who you fight for. And it's so obvious that Satan comes in in, in the 21st century man and he's just roaring and, he, and he's trying to attack what's happening in our homes. Like the values of godly principles are, are, are constantly under attack. Like our culture has redefined biology Our culture has redefined the sanctity of life, of who matters and who doesn't matter, right? They've declared that babies are not babies in the womb. Culture has agreed not to help our addicted and say that it's okay for them just to sleep out in a tent on a sidewalk somewhere. They're literally cities that are handing out syringes so they can shoot up safe. Can I ask you a question? When was ever shooting up hair safe to begin with? But culture says, this is, this is better. This is the better way. Culture says that riots, they're, just, they're mostly peaceful. But we can see with our eyes, people setting things on fire, people looting, people breaking into these mom and pop shops, like on the corner and just taking whatever the heck they want. Even though these, these, these mom and pops have worked their entire life to get where they are at. And we're supposed to say that's mostly peaceful? Bro, come on. Culture is constantly trying to redefine truth. And it's going to find find its way into your home, I promise. And it's constantly going to come at your family. It's going to try to destroy your family, your sons and your daughters. Because the enemy will 100% tell them what is wrong is now right. And that the Bible is 100% outdated. And that what, what is taught in church, man, that's triggering Or that's a hate crime. Like everything that I'm saying right now, like social media is gonna blow up. Because what I'm talking about are things that are contrary to the word of God. Listen, I love everybody. If you know me, I love people like Jesus loved people. That's how I wanna live my life. And I will love you relentlessly. I don't care what you came in here with. I do not care who you've been with. I don't care what you're dealing with in this moment. I will walk through hell and back with you. But I'm still gonna fight... For you to see the truth. Because you know why? Jesus said, when you find the truth, you know the truth, the truth will do what? Dude, it'll set you free. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, because we are actually so, ladies and gentlemen, the culture is a liar. Because the culture belongs to your enemy. But if you want to, if you want to win your family for the Lord. Whatever your family looks like. Group home, typical home, a blended home, single parent, foster home, I don't care. Family's family, period. And adults, it's our job to take care and raise whomever the Lord has put in your path to take care and raise. And you teach those sons and those daughters that truth does not change that the word of God is immutable and is without error, even if it's contrary to everything they hear and see on TikTok. So then if you believe that, and listen, you may not. That's fine. I don't care. It's all right. You you do you. I'm just glad you're here this morning. But if you are a believer today, you got one thing to do. And I'm telling you, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to do this. You've got to start fighting for your family. Quit being apathetic when it comes to thinking that the enemy is not after your kids. Exodus fourteen fourteen says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You want to lose your peace? Go ahead and lay down the sword, which is the word of God, and just let culture raise your kids in your house. But look at what the Bible says. See how he paints Nehemiah's construction project? Oh, man, it's so applicable for where we're at right now. When our enemies heard, look at verse 15 through 18. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plots, right? Because we know that John 10:10 is true, that the enemy is coming to kill, steal, and destroy. Like, we know that. We were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it. And we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did work. The other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, armor. The uh, officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall, who carried the materials and did the work with one hand and a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore their sword, at a side as he worked, But the man who surrounded the trumpet stayed with me. So listen, here's what I want you to take away, that these builders are battling at the same time. Building and battling. They had a tool in one hand, they had a weapon in the other the other. We live in a time that we have got to constantly build up our family because people are constantly tearing them down. It is the culture. It is to rip you apart. It is to say one thing. It is destroy you and bully you online. Listen, you better be able to build your kid up with the word of God. You better understand what the word of God says and be able to speak that into his or her life because you're fighting the enemy with the one hand. So you put your arm around your baby with one and you punch Satan in the teeth with the other. Okay. Listen, this whole week, I'm telling you, our world is back crazy right now. This week, everybody got caught up in stupid, like, lawsuits and stunts, more political debates. Lawmakers literally threatened to punch each other out on Capitol Hill while there's a, a Jewish rally outside with hundreds of thousands of people. And they're threatening to, like, duke it out. We got visits by Chinese dignitaries. There were more protests, more wars going on. There's so much happening. It's exhausting, right? Now, but how many of you paid as much attention and and, and dedicated time to raising your family as you did viewing this sideshow circus of government or the intense world events that's going on? Right, we tune into that, but are we tuning in to our kids? How about we pick up the sword and we swing back at what is most important to us, which is the enemy's onslaught to tear down your family structure in which you live. When Nehemiah endeavored to rebuild the structure of his home, immediately opposition came in and came after him. If your family is under attack today, say amen. Amen. Mine is. We all are battling this media, culture, technology, public school, and higher education, like almost brainwashing of anti-ethical behavior. Like, there's there's a lot, y'all. So maybe you're in the same boat, or maybe your boat looks a little bit different than mine. Your houseboat might float a little bit differently, right? But maybe your team decided that there's no God after you raised them in church. Or maybe he knows the truth, but declares that the culture is more important and he's not interested. Or maybe someone in your family is is dealing with addiction. Or maybe you have a family member suffering with an eating disorder, but we don't wanna talk about it, right? Or there's someone with a mental illness, but we just kinda wanna wanna pretend it's not a thing. Or maybe you haven't even spoken to a certain family member that's about to show up to your house and you haven't talked to them in months, maybe years in bitterness and unforgiveness, has rooted it in your heart, and it now is like a cancer, and it's eating you alive, and you know that it's not gonna be good when you two meet. If that's you today. If there's a similar circumstance, or if there's one that is some something like that that you're wrestling with, I'm telling you, today is a day that we fight back. You have to engage mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And determine that the enemy is not going to get a hold of your husband, that the enemy is not going to take away your wife, that he will not have your children, that he is not going to take your sons or your daughters or your family. No way, not today. Today we're going to pick a fight and we're going to fight back. Don't be content to just give up because you're living in a hell that you didn't create. Do you understand me? Nehemiah did not destroy Jerusalem, but he sure not got determined to fix it. Fight for the treasure that is your family. Remind yourself of who is important. More than the talking heads on TV and the angry culture mob, blah, 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 like breathing down your neck on social media and all your platforms. Listen, life is more than a phone. Would you please look up and look around the room at the people who's actually in it? Determine to not let the battering ramp of hell destroy the people that are around you. Determined to not let Satan wipe them out. Determined to not let your family go to hell because it's easier to drop it. Oh, I don't want to offend somebody, so I just should just be quiet. Listen. Well, they're just a teenager. It's their body, their will, their life. No. Oh my goodness. No. Guess what? It's okay to say something in love. It's okay to still have biblical standards and still not speak hatefully. I'm not being hateful today. Listen, you don't judge unbelievers. Okay? Do you understand that? But if you've raised kids to know Jesus, it's called holding them accountable. And you can still disagree with them and listen. You can still disagree with their choices and just be in their life. Jesus did it all the time. But you know what he did? He also said, Go and sin no more. So, what's my point? Pick up your sword, wrap your arm around your baby with one hand, and you fight with the sword in the other. And you get determined and you say, I am going to rebuild and I'm going to fight until I get the victory in my own home. Culture will not define the truth. No way, Romans 12, two. Do you know what that means? Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. It's not on the screen. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will know what God's will is, his good, his pleasing and perfect will. Every day, Romans 12 to your brain, pick up the word of God, let it get on the inside of you, let you determine in that moment that this is truth and the other stuff is not and the culture's not gonna have my babies and Satan's lies not gonna take my family, no way. Okay, so here's the good news today. Here's some fantastic news today. This fight is not yours alone. God is going to fight alongside you because he's always fighting for you, not against you. Nehemiah said this, look at 14, nine, or 419. The work is extensive and it's spread out. So we got a big job to do is what he's saying. And we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us here and our God will fight for us. If you will fight, God will fight. God's gonna fight for your wife. God's gonna fight for your husband. God's gonna fight for your, your foster kid. God's gonna fight for your, your babies. God's gonna do that. He'll fight when you fight. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is what it means to be a part of God's family. And their righteousness, their goodness is from me, the Lord says. So if we're determined to keep our family together, if we are determined to reconcile relationships that are all broken, if we're determined to love the way that God loves, to speak truth, but speak truth and kindness, right? To protect our loved ones from the lies and, and culture saturation, we had better start fighting. And if you're gonna go into a fight, you better have a battle plan. So that's what I'm gonna give you today because I am practical and I don't wanna ever come to church where I don't give you something where you're like, oh, well, how do I apply that to my life? Here's how you apply it to your life. Time to take out some paper and pen, write it on your arm, your notes, if you're ready to wage war. And if you are, here's battle plan number one. Inspect your home. I'm not talking about the carpet or the peel and paint, right? I mean, you can do that too, like, Home Depot tells you to do it every Saturday during the uh, football games. And I'm like, why are they doing that? I wanna watch football. So it makes me feel guilty that like, I should be painting. All right, squirrel. All right, listen. I'm not talking about physical things that you've got to do. I'm talking about do a spiritual gut check. What is the condition of your home? Is it overflowing with bitterness? Is it overflowing with like, it's like almost rage, right? Or is there just constant bickering? If you're nodding, then it's time for the... Uh, Jesus Home Depot home inspection, okay? Look at me, look at me. No family is perfect. Instagram is a big fat liar. Mm. Laughter, smiles, and gules. <laughs> they 100% cannot flood your home 100% of the time. I wanna, I wanna smack Instagram. Listen, but God does want you to start peacemaking right where you live. Constant strife in families, this constant battle of your rebellious kid, this constant silent treatment between you and your spouse, I'm telling you, it's going to take a toll on some already kind of semi-broken relationships. And if it sounds overwhelming, guess what? There's a healer in the house Today, Jesus is here ready to repair and clean your house with you. But first, you and I, we've got some purging to do. If you're going to be victorious in your house and fight for your family, it's time for all of us to take some responsibility. And I want you to think some of these questions through. Okay? Here's how you do an inventory check. Have I compromised my activities? Am I letting everything take priority over God's house? Like, Joker's last week was the worst Attendance, the worst offering in Genesis history. No offense, but football on Saturday should not trump worshiping God's house, on, 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 or sorry, on the Saturday worshiping God's house on a Sunday, like it, it, it because we're tired, or because our kids are whiny, because like, oh, into we the game. Drag your kids in here by the ear. I ain't gonna tell nobody. But see, here's what happens when you get in the presence of God. How many people enjoyed worship today? Right? It's like this reset of your brain. It's like a reset of your emotions. Like you're exhausted. Guess what? You come in here, you will be refueled. I promise you between the caffeine and Jesus. We got you covered. Okay. Listen, it's, it's imperative for your spiritual growth and your walk to constantly show up. You know what's happening in kids' church? It's not babysitting. It's church for kids. And they're doing prayer circles. And small groups at the end, they're being heard. And people are laying hands on your kid's forehead and praying over them. Show up. Question yourself about this. Like have TV, have, have events, have sporting things, are playing video games, right? Trumped my time alone with God. Like, are you still doing a quiet time? Do you even know what a quiet time is? Getting alone with God, turning out the noise, reading and praying. That's all you gotta do. Question yourself about this. Am I tolerating gossip? Am I tolerating rebellion? Am I looking at stuff on my phone that I do not need to be doing because it's causing me to sin, right? Are addictions festering in my house? Am I wallowing in unforgiveness? Am I always yelling? Like if you're saying yes to any of these kind of questions, purge that stuff, kill it, and start today. Get rid of it today. Then what? Start fresh. Reform new habits. Get rid of the filth, get rid of the foul talk, let God's spirit begin to cleanse you and set you free. You wanna know how to put your family back together? Let me give you two action steps inside this action step. All right, it's like inception, right? Number one, anoint your house. When you anoint your home and you anoint your family, you're saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome to move into this place and do what you need to do in our lives. Get some olive oil and, and just pay crosses over your doorways, over their heads, over their you know, headboards in their beds. Like pray and invite God's presence to saturate your home. Sometimes I go in my kids' rooms at night and they don't know this and they're not in this room because they're working in kids right now so I can tell on them. But they're sleeping and I will just go and I will anoint their forehead and pray over them. And sometimes I just stare at them like this to see if they'll wake up. <laughs> I'm kidding, but prayer is the greatest place to start. And sometimes I just have to lay hands on them and try to cast out those demons. But in sincerity, I'm kidding. Like do this, invite God's presence to overwhelm your home. Number two, start speaking blessing over your home. Blessings over your home. Do you understand like there's so much power in your words? And I'm, I don't, my mom calls me out on this all the time. Scott, don't, Scott, don't speak that negativity. And it it makes me mad at her because I know she's right. It's irritating when your mom is still your mom and you're 45, right? And she'd be like, baby doll, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Because you are supposed to be speaking blessing over your home. She's 100% right. Do you know this command? You need to be reading this or memorizing numbers 6, 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. We sing it. May the Lord be smiling upon you and gracious to you. Let the Lord show you his favor and let him give you peace. Paul says to switch up the way that you're thinking, the way that you're dwelling on certain things. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, what's noble, what is right, what is pure, whatever is lovely, admirable, or excellent, or anything that's praiseworthy, start thinking about these things. And what it does is it begins to, reform the synapses in your brain as you think is the way that you will go, right? And so if you start thinking positively and speaking blessings and letting the word of God 12 to Romans 12 to your minds and reset things, your outlook is different. Your life is different. The way that you speak is different. The bickering and yelling will cease. Some of y'all need to go to the lobby of the hobby and go get you some new artwork and get you some scriptures and plaster them on your walls. We do it, and if your pastor needs to be reminded, you need to be reminded too, right? We all are in the same boat. Inspect your house. Might need to be doing some purging over the Thanksgiving holiday. Number two, commit to your commitments. Dude, if you want peace in your home, gentlemen, ladies, if you want a long-lasting marriage, You want generations of family to continue to know the Lord, serve the Lord. You have to commit to the path of the Lord. Commit your path to the Lord. Lord, wherever you take me, I'm going to go. Lord, let your will be done over what I would choose in this moment. Don't waver in your faith. Don't compromise your standards. Don't sit out of church and just catch it online because it's easier. Listen, if you're sick, that's a great tool. But there's something about being with your brothers and sisters in Christ in the presence of God and lifting up holy hands. And if you don't show up, then you can't get spit on from the front row. Sorry about that. Set the right priorities of your loved ones. And guess what? They are on the same path when you drag them along for a while, train up a child in the way that he or she should go. And when they're old, they're not gonna depart from it. They know the path. Now, whether they go like zigzag, 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 until they get back onto the straight and narrow, they still know the path. Jeremiah 6, 16 says, gives you some great advice here. This is what the Lord says, stop at the crossroads. When you come to this place where you've got to make a decision, am I gonna do God's thing or am I gonna do mm, whatever I feel like? He says, stop at the crossroads and look around, look for the old godly way and walk in it. Walk through the narrow gates, travel its path and there you will find rest for your souls. How many people need some rest? See, deciding to be a God-honoring family is, is an active process, right? Deciding is a verb. Read your Bible together. Pray together. You might argue together, okay? Get mad. Life, 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 life. Guess what? Life sometimes is cruddy and sometimes we do the wrong thing. But be quick to forgive, okay? And be determined to be committed to God and remind your family daily who's fighting for them. Strategy number three, live by your convictions. Set the standard. Set the standard. Lead your house. Mom and dads, lead your house. Kids who don't have saved parents, lead your house. Listen, we gotta identify things in our lives and our families that do not glorify God and boldly remove them from the home. Not for the sake of being legalistic, right? Don't start making your kids wear like, blue jean lots, right? I'm telling you. <laughs> Sorry, Church of God passed. But I'm just saying, take out the things that, that are unhealthy. You know what's right and wrong. Protect them. Protect the ones you love. My kids get frustrated at me all the time for not letting certain things in my home. They may not think so, but I'm about as non-judgy as a pastor parent, probably you could find, And I'm also a ton of fun, but they don't think that that's fun either. Like, my dad jokes no longer are like, I just get, right? But we have to do a better job at saying no to certain things that we know that is not the path that needs to be followed, right? And don't just say, no, 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 no. Like, that creates, like, constant rebellion and resentment. Explain God's kingdom versus this world's culture. My wife is awesome at this. Like sometimes I just get beat down and I'm like, oh, for the love of God, because I said so. (laughs) Not Tabitha. She's rad. She sits and she listens calmly and explains way better than I do. Like I could not make it in life without her. And like the last like five years, there's no way we could have even even still be standing in these shark-infested waves that have crashed over my family if it had not been for her wisdom. So like, if you're like me and you blow it, right? And you yell when you don't want to and you miss the mark like you don't want to, it's okay to say no to something even if you are bad at it, even if you are not presently the perfect parent hitting the mark. Let them say, well, you don't do it. Great, who cares? Tell them no anyways. It's okay to not allow them to hang out with certain school friends after school because you know it's going to wreck their life. It's okay to say no to certain parties. I don't care if your kids in college, if they live in your house, guess what? And you paying for some gas for that car, you can tell them they can't go to that party. Because you're their parents. Because you have your arm around them with one hand and a weapon in the other. Lastly, this is my favorite, and like some of my favorite things I've like ever, like, where the Lord just hits you with the Holy Spirit and you're like, Man, that's good. Here it is. Number four. Would you fight for what's left? Whatever you've been through, loss, death, rebellion, abandonment, somebody walking out on you, suiciding your family, would you start from this moment forward and just fight for what's left? God is still the God of what's left. And you may not feel that to be true, right? Because we always like, even though we're not supposed to, we a lot of times we live by our feelings. But if you will just hold on to your faith, God is gonna use the rubble, God is gonna use the tears, God is gonna use the heartache for a greater purpose. I promise you that. Acts, ooh. Amos 312. Lord gave me this scripture, and it's gonna sound really, really weird at first, okay? But hang with me. This is what the Lord says. A shepherd who tries to rescue a sheep from a lion's mouth will recover only two legs and a piece of ear. So will it be for the Israelites in Samaria lying on luxurious beds and for the people of Damascus reclining on couches. Weird, right? A lion has devoured a lamb. But the only thing left for the shepherd is to salvage two legs and an ear. It didn't matter how broken that lamb was or what was left of that little lamb. The shepherd fought to get back what was left. See, to him, the remains were significant. To him, the remains matter. To him, those remains still had purpose, they still had worth redeeming. What does that mean if you were hurt, if you were weighed down by something, if you were struggling so badly with family conflict? It is not over. You may not have all that you used to have. And your life might look really differently than what you planned it out to be. Your kids might look differently than than they were before, right? But they are not finished. And neither are you. If you still have an ear to hear, and if there's a leg left for you to stand on, then you can hear God and you can still stand on his word. And you can find hope in the promise of Job 8, 7. Though you started with little, you will end with much. See, when the enemy tries to determine how your relationships are all going to pan out, punch Satan in his face. Stab him with the word of God. And you keep fighting for what's left of your lamb. Were the walls that were built by Nehemiah just done overnight? No. Man, it takes time. But do you know those city walls that Nehemiah built are still standing today? And he began with rubble. So you play the long game. Would you get some gumption in you and fight and ask the Holy Spirit to let you fight back? Would you start praying? Would you start rebuilding? Don't give up on your family no matter what your family looks like because I'm promising you, what you're doing is pouring into them and you are going to change a generation. It's time to pick up your sword, the word of God, and wrap your arms around your family and fight. Fight while you protect. This holiday season, I promise you, is about to look entirely different if you will refuse to give up, if you will fight to fix it. And if you will begin to fight today, let's pray. All right, thank you for joining us here at the Genesis Church Podcast. Remember, you can join us every Sunday at 1031 a.m. on all social media platforms. You can also join us in person every Sunday at 1031 right here at 4070 Mission Road in Tallahassee. God bless you and have a great day.